happy Wednesday, Sean Hannity Show. Toll-free, our number 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. We'd love to have you join us today. We've got so much to get to. It's amazing. New York, number one again, new COVID cases. Good grief. Wait, but where's 60 Minutes doing the piece on the disaster that was this uh, New York's handling of COVID? Linda, I want you to check, see if they ever did a, a accurate piece on Andrew Cuomo or on Governor Murphy of New Jersey or Wolf of Pennsylvania or Whitmer uh, in Michigan and, and Newsom out in California and the disastrous job they all did. And and many of them that put in the same executive order as Andrew Cuomo as it relates to nursing homes, because uh, I think it would be worth worth investigating. I mean, I, I, I don't like being lied to. And I, it, it, you got to understand something about what's happening to Georgia as a result of what Joe Biden is doing here. Joe Biden has again brought up the inflammatory language of Jim Crow as he and his team. This, this now is a conscious decision. Because there's no way that they don't know at this late hour after this has now been going on for a number of days with the with Major League Baseball, that Delaware's laws are far more restrictive than the law just passed in the state of Georgia. And that would be the same as New York and the same Colorado is more restrictive than Georgia. New York is more restrictive than Georgia. Uh, Why hasn't he called uh, for boycott of the masters or uh, why isn't he? Why isn't he saying, well, based on the human rights atrocious record of the communist Chinese, uh, the U.S. is not going to participate in the 2022 Olympic Games there. You know, Biden tells Georgia, you better smarten up to avoid losing business over your new election law. I I mean, it's it's breathtaking. It's reassuring to see that for profit operations and businesses are speaking up now. And we're going to get to that aspect of this in just a second. And all of this really comes down to two issues here is Democrats desperately do not want voter ID, period. They don't want it and they don't want signature verification. I can only make a conclusion here is that they think it's advantageous to them electorally not to have the most simple and basic and fundamental standards in place. There's a reason they think they will benefit from this. They do. Now, if you look at everything and I've gone over this now many, many times and I'll compare. If you want to visit Joe at the White House, if you want a tour of the White House, you need a picture ID. Did you know that if you want to see your congressman or congresswoman go to the U.S. Capitol, uh, the people's house, you need a picture ID. If you want to get on an airplane, we all know you need a picture ID. If you want to buy a house, apply for a mortgage, you need a picture ID. You want to buy alcohol? Yeah. If you want to buy a six-pack of beer, you need a picture ID. I even get carded at my age. You want to buy cigarettes? I don't smoke cigarettes. But if you're John Boehner and you want cigarettes, yeah, you got to show ID. You want to buy a jewel pod, which I love? Yeah, you need a you need a, you need need a a picture ID. You want to apply for food stamps, apply for a job, apply for a welfare program, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, unemployment, You want to drive by, rent a car, purchase a gun, adopt a pet, rent a hotel room. If you want to pick up a prescription, you want to do any of these things. If you want to donate blood, if you want to 
want, if you have allergies like I do every year, you need Allegra D or cold medicine, you need a picture ID. Now, the problem is, is that why is there this resistance to picture ID when it comes to voting? Now, remember, the big issue, the, the Democratic Party sued in the state of Georgia in March about a year ago. Democratic Party of Georgia, Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. They all sued the state of Georgia over voting issues. And it was that dopey, dumb secretary of state in Georgia, Raffsenberger, whatever his name is, that goes into a consent agreement with the Democrats that created two standards of of signature verification, voter ID requirements, if you wanted to vote by mail versus if you were voting in person. If you voted in person in 2022 or January of this year in the Senate runoff election in in Georgia, well, you needed to show voter ID. You needed signatures to your signature to be verified in the state's database. Not so if you're voting by mail. And that that is what they want more than anything here. But that's what they don't want to tell you this is about. So we go and and this is where the whole Jim Crow allegation has come in here. Now, later on and at the top of the next hour, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina is going to join us. And he's like, you know, how, how can you have a legitimate conversation about something so sacred as voting? How can you distort the facts so terribly that you're willing to bring back the concept of a poll tax or the concept of Jim Crow. He said this at a town hall. He'll join us coming up in a minute. Now, the, if, if you look at it, this is a problem we have in, in the state of wokeness and the state of cancel culture. Facts, truth, sober analysis, it, it, they don't even come into play. I can guarantee you that this dopey Major League Baseball commissioner has no clue what is or is not in the Georgia bill that was passed just recently. Uh, They're headquartered in New York. I wonder if he knows New York has far more restrictive voting requirements than Georgia. Maybe somebody would like to inform the commissioner of Major League Baseball of that. Maybe somebody would have the guts to ask the question if Joe Biden cared so much about the issue of voting laws in states all those years as a senator from the great state of Delaware, or as Joe refers to it as his slave state. My state was a slave state. Joe once famously bragged. But if somebody might want to ask, why didn't you fix it in your own home state, Joe? You know, I mean, if the if you're going to bring up issues of race now, I guess we can start talking about Joe Biden. Play cut one here. Joe Biden, he used lots of racist language and took a well, a lot of in my view, racist positions over the years. Listen, I think the two party system, although my Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this, I think the two party system is good for the South and good for the good for the black in the South. Now, this is the same Joe Biden. Now, he was in the media mob big tech protection program, the entire campaign. They didn't ask him any questions about anything of, of real significance. You know, the, the, Joe Biden was the one out there that partnered with the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, to stop the integration of schools. Kamala Harris, to her credit, during a debate, called him out on it, but she's since forgotten all about it. 
Uh, and that was that he didn't want his words. He didn't want our schools to become racial jungles through through integration. Joe Biden supported that. Joe Biden said that. Joe Biden talks about, you know, his relationships with segregationists, James Eastland and, and Strom Thurmond. He praised Robert Byrd at his funeral. He partnered with the former Klansman on the issue of integration of schools. Oh, he supported the 19. I'm going to finish this. He supported the 94 crime bill, warned of predators on our streets. Um, this is the same guy that said to Charlemagne the God, if, if you ain't black, if you consider voting for Trump, you can't go to Dunkin' Donuts or 7-Eleven without a slight Indian access. They're going to put you all back in chains. Here you have the first time you're an African-American that is, that is clean. First time an African-American is clean, bright, and articulate. Talking about Barack Obama, that's storybook, man. That's storybook? I don't know what books he reads, people he'd met, but it sounds just kind of twisted and sick to me. And my state was a slave state, he bragged. Poor kids is just as bright as white kids. Unlike, you know, the African-American community, the Latin community is very, Latino community is very diverse, he said. This is all Joe Biden. Now, now he's out there pushing Jim Crow, Jim Crow, Jim Crow. This divides the country. Now, is it based on truth? Is it based on reality? Is it based on facts? Is what he is suggesting true now that he's telling Georgia to smarten up and, and stop losing businesses? But it's not just it's not just Major League Baseball. 200 companies have signed on to this, and they don't know a single thing about any state's voting laws, starting with Coke and Delta, Coca-Cola and Delta. MLB moves the All-Star game from, from Georgia to Denver, Colorado, a state, now that we've looked up the truth, that has more restrictive voting laws than the state of Georgia. You know, Georgia has 17 days in-person early voting, including two optional Sundays to vote. Colorado only has 15. Both allow no excuse vote by mail, Colorado and Georgia. Oh, and Colorado has a voter ID requirement, just like Georgia. So the Major League Baseball's commissioner, did he know anything about Colorado's laws? Did he know anything about the new Georgia law? You got Joe Biden, Stacey Abrams, MLB, Delta, Coca-Cola. They're all lying and know nothing about the new voting law of Georgia. And as a result, the, the, the state of Georgia has penalized what they expected to be $100 million in revenue, a lot of which I'm sure would go to African-Americans, far more diverse city than is, you know, Denver, Colorado. It's unbelievable. And they were, and the people of this country are being lied to. The people of Georgia are being lied about. This is what we, this is the, the race card, and it's played for the main reasons I stated. They do not want voter ID. They do not want signature verification. And now Joe, Joe Biden goes right back to it. I think he needs to apologize to the people of Georgia. I think Major League Baseball needs to rescind what they've decided here. I think they need to take responsibility for their actions. Uh, I think that if this is going to be the standard, then you got to now question why it's in, in Colorado, uh, because their their laws are more restrictive than the, the state of Georgia. He, you know, what he's doing is disgusting and dishonest and divisive. Is anyone, is he ever going to, any of the people involved going to apologize here? 
You know, Georgia's law does not limit early voting. It actually expands it. It doesn't reduce voting hours. It gives voters more flexibility to decide when they want to vote. They even add a Saturday to vote. And you're allowed to bring food and water with you, unlike the lie being told by Stacey Abrams and others. And there's nothing in the law that resembles Jim Crow 2.0. Joe Biden never lifted a finger to change his home state's laws. By the way, why are we why did Major League Baseball sign a contract with the communist Chinese? Want to look at their voting system, their human rights abuses? Want to look at New York where MLB is headquartered because they have more restrictive voting laws than Georgia? New York only 9 days of early voting. They require a valid excuse to vote absentee. Georgia, no excuse absentee voting. What about Georgia's home state of, uh Joe's home state of Delaware? There's no in-person early voting in Delaware. Georgia has 17 days of in-person early voting. Delaware requires a specific excuse if you want to vote absentee. Anyone can vote absentee in Georgia. In Delaware, there are no ballot drop boxes. In Georgia, drop boxes are still available. Minimum of one per county required. So New York, Delaware, are they pushing Jim Crow laws to Joe? You know, when are those boycotts coming? What are you going to do about the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. Is, is the 200 companies led by Delta and Coca-Cola, they're going to support the Winter Olympics in China? Joe, are you, are you going to consider taking the U.S. out of the Winter Olympics in Beijing? I think these are now fair questions. I can honestly take any amount of, you know, we're all, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The good book tells us that. But when you do something wrong, you, you own up to it and you fix it. I mean, you want to know where Cuomo's biggest mistake is? He made the, the dumb executive order decision in late March of last year. They had the numbers in June saying it was a disaster. And rather than fix it, they covered it up. And then he writes a book on leadership. I, I mean, it just that that stuff drives me nuts. Now, Stacey Abrams, you know, is clearly been there with Joe Biden. Why don't they just admit that the laws in Georgia are far better for voting for the voting public of Georgia than Delaware, Colorado, or New York, and move on. No, we can't. We got to double down because it's the it's the two issues that is in in the line of sight: voter ID and signature verification. The two things that would ensure that you have integrity and hopefully confidence in the result of any election. We don't want to go through what what we went through in 2000 in Florida. We don't want to go through what we went through in Florida in 2016. We don't want to go through what we went through in 2020, where no, laws that, that guarantee partisan observers can observe, they didn't allow them to deserve, observe anything or constitutions ignored like in Pennsylvania, or consent agreements like the one in Georgia that had dual verification signature standards uh, and and differing voter ID requirements, or laws that are very specific. Look at the Chief Justice dissent in that 4-3 decision in Wisconsin where the state law was violated, and he said to his fellow justices, unless you are the four finally deal with this problem. It's going to happen again and again and again. Same thing with Michigan. You know, ensuring, instilling integrity and confidence. If I if I got to have a, a picture ID to go visit Joe or go visit Congress, 
or or buy a six pack of beer, then uh, I think I need it to vote. But that's what Democrats don't want. That's what Stacey Abrams, Joe Biden, the Democratic leadership have been fighting. And they were willing to lie in order to get the result that they wanted. They told the big lie and MLB and corporations fell for it. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Linda made a good point during the break. And she's like, yeah, let's all buy tickets on Delta. And let's try to board the plane and not show our ID. So does that mean that um, Jim Crow uh, 2.0 is is being practiced by Delta? The answer is no. It was actually, and I don't read it often, someone sent it to me, uh, a National Review article. I sent it to Sweet Baby James. I should be more, more precise. Um, that the governor, Brian Kemp, called on Stacey Abrams, the big, called her the biggest flip-flopper since John Kerry, which is pretty a lot. I voted for the $87 billion before I voted against it. Huh? <laughs> so what, what do you mean? What was that? Anyway, Abrams critical of the new law, claiming she, that which she claimed discriminates against African Americans. Well, does that apply that if anybody needs to show an ID for all the instances that I keep pointing out? If you want to buy a house, a mortgage, go to the DNC, visit Joe, visit your congressman or woman, or I'm sure the state house in Georgia, or apply for food stamps, a job, welfare programs, unemployment, buy, rent, drive a car, uh, purchase a gun, get a hotel room, get a prescription. I mean, it's, it, we have to show our, our photo ID for all of that. Anyway, so National Review points out Abrams have been critical of this law saying it it discriminates against African-Americans. How does it discriminate if the law applies equally to every resident of Georgia? Every resident of Georgia. In other words, now, what what Stacey Abrams did like was the more relaxed standard for mail-in voting. She liked the the limited requirement for mail-in voters. She liked that there was a very different signature verification system, one that in-person voters did not have to live up to. Now, I think you can make the argument that if you vote in person and you have the far more rigorous laws being applied to you of voter identification and and the state database signature verification, you should say, well, well, why isn't that applied to people voting by mail? You need one standard and apply it to everybody. Anyway, that now pushed and between Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams, that's now going to cost the great state of Georgia $100 million in tourism. And African-Americans, Latino-Americans, Native Americans, you know, she goes on to say the most suppressed over the new law, most likely to be hurt by potential boycotts of Georgia. To our friends, please do not boycott us. To my fellow Georgians, stay and fight, stay and vote, she said. It's a little late, Stacey. The the damage is done. And the damage was done by you. And the Georgia GOP, they're actually talking about boycotting Coke and Delta. Big piece in USA Today about Stacey Abrams' rights. It's time for corporate America to speak. All right, corporate America spoke. But even the Washington Post gave Biden four Pinocchios. I mean, do you know what you got to do if you're a Democrat to get four Pinocchios? From the Washington Post, because what he said is a lie. And now Major League Baseball fell for it. Their headquarters is in a state with more restrictive voting laws than Georgia. 
They just did a deal with China. Why isn't anybody challenging Major League Baseball and their dopey commissioner on this? Florida Senator Rick Scott slammed uh, Biden for backing this boycott, yet being silent on saying no to the winter games in Beijing in the 2022 Olympics. You know, he's, he literally said, if you're going to uh, last week, Biden, so-called social community leaders, corporations alike lied about Georgia's new election law. Lies being spread by radical Democrats, the woke left mob. And Biden supports moving the MLB game out of Georgia, yet refused to call on the International Olympic Committee to move the Olympics out of communist China, which is committing a genocide right now before the world's very eyes. He added, Biden and Democrats need to be called out for their hypocrisy and face some pretty basic facts. Election security is not racist and genocide is evil. Not that hard a standard, is it? But the woke mob, the cancel culture, they just spread the lie and don't expect the media to tell the American people the truth. I mean, this is a crushing blow. I, listen, I, I lived in Atlanta from 1992 to 96. Matter of fact, I've been memorialized in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution year-end edition. I have the copy in my office. It said 1996 was a great year for Atlanta. The Olympics came and Sean Hannity left. I left to go work at Fox in October of 96 when it went on the air. Atlanta gets what it's voted for as Democrats throw the entire city and state under the bus. You know, one thing that Governor Kemp pointed out, I guess he was speaking with Kudlow, not the biggest fan of Kemp either, by the way, but anyway, moving the All-Star game from Atlanta, the population is majority African-American, 51% African-American. A lot less so in the in the city of Denver. You know, this is this action is screwing the little guy. He said the people would have profited from that baseball game. They've got pubs. They've got restaurants around the stadiums, Uber drivers, the whole economy where the dollar turns. And now we're taking something away from a metro Atlanta population and a metro area population. That's 51 percent African-American and moving it to Denver, where I believe it's nine or 10 percent. Actually, a pretty good point. And by the way, 73% voters, Rasmussen poll of African-American voters support voter ID. It's not even controversial. And that's, that. by the way, the second poll in the 70s this week on that specific issue. You know, Saki saying Georgia's voting bill is built on a lie because there was no widespread fraud in the 2020. It's irrelevant whether you agree or you can't have dual standards for mail-in voting or in-person voting. One standard for everybody, whatever the state decides. And by the way, not HR1 or SR1. But they've just totally, completely lied, and innocent people now will suffer. The state of Georgia will suffer. Great job, Joe Biden. Great job, Kamala. Great job, Stacey Abrams. Because that's exactly what's going to happen here. He's more willing, Joe Biden, to speak out against Georgia than China. Now, this is amazing. President Xi, you know, uh, Biden was asked the question, you know, I go way back with, have you ever had a chance to ask him? This is Peter Ducey asking um, if these reports are true that China misled the world about the coronavirus, about COVID-19. No, I've not had that. What do you mean? No, I've not had that conversation with President Xi. Why not? You need to have that conversation with President Xi. 
And in other news, yesterday, job numbers uh, during media appearances all over the weekend, you got Transportation Secretary Buttigieg and the National Economic Council Director, a guy by the name of Brian Deese and Biden's America job plan. They, they were telling us during media appearances over the weekend, it's going to create 19 million jobs. President said Friday, an independent analysis shows if we pass this plan, the economy will create 19 million new jobs. Then Jen Psaki corrected the number on Monday, citing a report by Moody's Analytics, who I trust a lot more than Pete Buttigieg, that estimated Biden's American jobs plan would create less than 3 million jobs over a decade if signed into law. We're going to lose more jobs in the energy sector uh, than the jobs that they're creating here. So, you know, that is what the impact of Joe's America jobs plan, infrastructure plan, 2.7 million jobs, Saki said, circle back. We see that as a as as a positive, but we're also very clear and articulate exactly what what number of jobs it will create. Moody's report estimated the economy will add about 19 million jobs between the fourth quarter of 2020 and the fourth quarter of 2030 if Biden's infrastructure plan passed. That's not what they said. They noted the economy would add an estimated 16.3 million jobs over the same period, even if Congress rejected the Biden plan. So they're lying. And this, again, was you can thank, I guess, Operation Warp Speed, Donald Trump. Uh, You know, now finally others have picked up what we were telling you yesterday, the Biden's tax returns from 2017, 18, 19. Yeah, they routed at least 13 million dollars in income from speaking engagements, book royalties, through two S corporations to avoid Social Security and Medicare payroll taxes. The loopholes that Joe is telling us are are horribly wrong and evil and need to be correct, uh, you know, gotten rid of. Well, when, why did he take advantage of them? It's just it's just so massively hypocritical, insisting paying higher taxes is an act of patriotism for the wealthy. He said that in 2008, 2012 on the campaign trail. We will fix the allowances for special interest in Washington. He gets out of office, probably didn't think he was running in 2019 and before he had decided. And guess what he's doing? He's using every loophole imaginable when it comes to his own money. Never mind what money is set aside for the big guy. We'll get to Hunter Biden later in the program today. I mean, it's just smarten up, Georgia. That's what Biden's telling Georgia. Smarten up. Why didn't Biden ever fix Delaware's loss? Far more restrictive. Anyone in the media mob going to actually tell the people the truth? Anyone at all? Oh, by the way, Iran wants, so there's in one print paper today, uh, over $3 billion to begin their negotiations with Joe. Oh, why not, right? You know, there's not, what they're telling you is a lie. That's what you need to know. At the end of the day, that is what matters. You know, Cuomo's budget in New York, this this is where Joe's taking the country. If you want to know what America is going to look like after Joe and Kamala Harris, look at New York and California. And so you're going to have a $4 billion tax increase, 15% state and city tax, income tax, on top of the highest property taxes in the country, and the sales taxes, and the worst infrastructure. Now, When you look at the amount of monies that were paid out, Michael Goodwin had a good column about this today. And Joe Biden gave a ton of money with their emergency COVID relief money that wasn't for emergency COVID relief. $12 billion to New York State. 
$6 billion more to New York City. That's $18 billion. Then another $6 billion. What's that? Twelve. That's $24 billion so far to the MTA. And uh, then another $9 billion to, to the state schools. What's that? $33 billion. Not, not million, not billion dollars. The state takes, uh, the state's, then raises the budget that they adopt $212 billion, some $18 billion higher than the fiscal year that just ended. Florida, which has 2 million more people, will make due spending only $97 billion this year. 2 million more people, they spend less than half of what New York spends. Unbelievable. And that's, that, is, that is what's coming. New York State, $212 billion budget deal. $4 billion in new taxes. You know, rental assistance is included. You know, the thing that really stuck out to me was Cuomo's budget will give more aid to illegal immigrants than to small businesses in New York. 200,000 illegal immigrants will soon receive $2.1 billion in taxpayer-funded stimulus checks, unemployment benefits, thanks to the budget agreed upon by Cuomo. New York Times points out the state budget includes $2.1 billion taxpayer-funded one-time payments in the form of stimulus checks, and unemployment-style benefits for 187,000 illegal immigrants, $1.1 billion more than small businesses will get in grants and tax credits after being forced to close by Cuomo's draconian shutdowns. Ah, uh, that sound good to you? The taxpayers are broke! Mm-hmm. Taxpayers are broke. We're broke. By the way, I've got to write a... a I'm going to write this. Linda, maybe Mark Simone can help us sing it. You know, New York, New York, I'm no longer going to wake up in the city that never sleeps, the city that steals and find I'm uh, low on the totem pole, fresh out of cash. You know, I think we could write a pretty good song about New York, New York. Bye bye, New York. Because that's I think what everybody's you should sing doing. It. What's that? I think you should sing it. OK, you and I both know I can't sing. Now you can sing. This is yeah, why... but it has to be it has to be a guy, and I think you should sing it. You know, you're born and raised in New York. I think it's only appropriate. Okay, now here's the thing: you still won't you give play me your great air guitar and drums. You won't give me the name of your church so I can contact your pastor. I'm sorry, deflection. What does that no. have to do with what we're talking about? If I write the song, will you sing it for the audience? No. Why not? Because I'm a chick. You need a guy. What is? The... No, 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 no. I want you to sing it. You're the only one on this program that can well, sing. I, I want you sing. to sing it. I think we should do an audience poll. I think uh, we should let no, the audience no, no, decide. No, 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 no. Oh, you don't want polls. to do that. You don't yeah, believe in democracy. the audience wants to now. hear me shrieking. My poor son was practicing his instrument. I don't remember. He was in grade school. Bring this instrument. It was trumpet. Home. He was practicing Yeah, it was trumpet. a trumpet. That's what it was. And he'd be like, I hear him practice. I heard him play a couple of times. He wasn't that bad. He was that bad. He came bad. up and played with the band. I went to him and I said, I'll pay you not to, I'll pay you to get an F in the class if you stop playing okay, that stupid thing. First of all, thing. that's not okay. That's so okay. That's so not play. okay. I think he did oh it to God. drive his old man nuts. It was fun. We talk about it now. He spits up laughing. I'd pay oh, him man. extra for him to play and drive <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I had a rough day. Now it's getting rougher. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We've been spending a lot of time now telling Americans on radio and TV the truth and how Joe Biden 
who mentioned Jim Crow yet again, is just lying as it relates to the law, election law in Georgia. And it's pretty unbelievable because if you look at Joe Biden's lies, the MLB, I, I doubt the Major League Baseball commissioner ever read the bill moving the All-Star game from Atlanta uh, to Denver, uh, a state with uh, similar but even more restrictive voting laws than the new law in the state of Georgia. Georgia has 17 days in-person early voting, including two optional Sundays, Colorado 15. Both are allowing no-excuse vote by mail. And, and guess what? Colorado has a voter ID requirement, just like Georgia. You know, it's the same thing we've gone over you know, the rules, and at, if you want to talk about a state with restrictive laws, that would be Joe's home state of Delaware. So why does Joe stop at just the All-Star game in Georgia? Well, I, I, he had an opportunity yesterday to say that the Masters should be boycotted. Uh, I haven't seen any efforts of Joe Biden to stop the Beijing Olympics. We have 200 companies now supporting this boycott of the state of Georgia. 200 corporate companies here. By the way, New York State, where MLB is headquartered, more restrictive voting laws than Georgia. They only have nine days of early voting. And yet they require a valid excuse to vote absentee, unlike Georgia, which has no excuse absentee voting. Home state of Delaware, no in-person early voting. Georgia, 17 days of in-person voting. And Delaware requires specific excuses if you even want to vote absentee. In Georgia, anyone can vote absentee. In Delaware, there are no ballot drop boxes. In Georgia, there are drop boxes available, at least mandated, one per county required. Anyway, joining us, Senator Tim Scott, the great state of South Carolina. Senator, hi, how are you, sir? My, my friend John, how are you, buddy? I'm good. You know, I just, I, I just want some truth here. Now, if what people were saying about Georgia and Georgia's new law were true, I'd be, I mean, maybe I'd even agree with them. But that's not the I'd case. I'd be with you. I'd be outraged with you, Sean, but the problem is that it's so far from reality. This is an alternate universe that does not exist. They, they are literally trying to take us back 50 years at least, and maybe even to the Jim Crow 1930s. It is so offensive. When I think about the blood that was shed to make sure that I could be the senator from the great state of South Carolina, it is offensive to me that they would compare the. Georgia By the way, law you're, you're the top senator. Bad. Let's be honest here. Forget Lindsey. You're the top senator from South Carolina. <laughs> Let's not play games well, anymore. Just for facts are facts. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love Lindsey too. I'll just say this though. You, you have a good point. Here's the point. The point is that South Carolina has the blessing of a senior senator named Lindsey Graham, and I, I am thankful that the folks allow me to be the junior senator in the great state of South Carolina. And it's only possible because so much has changed, Sean, in the last 50 years. Even more substantial, the changes over the last 100 years. But if you listen to today's 2021 Democrat Party, you would think we're living in the 1820s, the 1920s, but certainly not the year 2021. Because the voter laws, the voter laws of this country, have made it fact that when you show up to vote with your ID, 75% of all voters say that's a good thing. Nearly 70% of black voters say voter ID laws are fantastic. Being able to vote early in Georgia, better than most states probably. Certainly better than the states that you just articulated. But more importantly, 
We had the highest percentage of black voter turnout in 2018 in Georgia until it was eclipsed in 2020. So if you're asking the most important fundamental question, do the voting laws in Georgia make it more restrictive or less restrictive for the most vulnerable, disadvantaged citizens in the state to vote? This law actually makes it easier to vote than 2020 or 2018. I don't even see the controversy. That's what's so frustrating to me, is that we're talking about something so sacred, the most advanced country on Earth with the most advanced citizenship on Earth, is making it easier for people to participate in the process of choosing the, the leader of the free world. And we have players on the other side, woke folk, trying to make a point. A hundred years too late, 50 years too late, and they're not even reading the bill. That should not be surprising, but they're not even reading the bill before they become so offensive. And the damage and so is gross. real. And and if, oh. if you if you want to look at an, an area that has a, a much higher percentage of white Americans, that would be Denver. And again, voting laws, the new law in Georgia, far less restrictive than what's out in Colorado. I'm trying to understand. There, there are going to be... You know, the economic impact center is about a hundred million dollars and 200 corporations, including Delta and Coca-Cola, you know, dive into this head first. Why? Because Joe Biden used, you know, th- that that racial language about Jim Crow 2.0 or on steroids. Well, Sean, you're talking about what used to be called a dog whistle. Uh, not really. Uh, you can't hear it for most people, but the ones who need to hear it, hear it right well, unfortunately, what we've just heard was a 2021st woke version of the dog whistle heard by the major corporations in the state of Georgia who are now fleeing reality, fleeing truth, trying to protect, in my opinion, protect their market share and not necessarily doing the right thing based on the facts by reading the law and then making a, a, a determination of what's in the best interest of the citizens of Georgia. That's not what they did. And that is incredibly offensive and, frankly, dangerous. It is dangerous for corporate leaders, some of the world's largest corporations, leaders of thought, so to speak, not thinking at all. You know, I I, I brought this up. I've raised the issue of Joe Biden and his past as it relates to issues of race. I mean, this is a guy that partnered with the former Klansman, Robert Byrd, to stop the integration of our schools because he didn't want public schools becoming, or quote his words, a racial jungle. Um, this is a guy that praised that man, the former the former Klansman. Um, this is a guy that uh, warned of predators on our street in his support of the 94 crime bill. Uh, this is a guy that you know, so you, you can't work at a Dunkin' Donuts or a 7-Eleven unless you have a slight in Indian accent and and you ain't black and they're going to put you all back in chains. And uh, my my state was a slave state. And, you know, for the first time, you've got an African-American who's clean and bright and articulate. That's storybook, man. He's talking about Barack Obama and poor kids are just as bright as white kids. I, I mean, the stuff that has flown out of this guy's mouth is shocking to me. Yeah. Well, well listen, Sean, you've just made a uh, like a Hall of Fame of offensive comments. And had it been said by a Republican, the whole world would have come to a stop. The, the, literally, the globe itself would have stopped turning. 
the universe will stop turning around. It's the most amazing thing ever. But here's what's most important. I'd encourage your viewers to go look at the primary debate between then-Senator Kamala Harris and then-former Vice President Joe Biden. Watch the exchange on the topics that you just discussed. Hear the vitriol and the venom being spoken from the now vice president about the now president on issues of race to reinforce your point. It was a devastating moment, but the, you know, obviously uh, she forgot all about it. We haven't heard about it since. Let me ask you now that it's a 50-50 Senate. Now we know the radical agenda. We, we see what's going on. The, the, the highest tax increases in 30 years. You see the unmitigated disaster at the border. You see plans to make D.C. and Puerto Rico uh, states. So I, I think they assume they'll get four Democratic Senate seats out of that deal. Uh, the move towards uh, open borders and amnesty, packing the courts, ending the legislative filibuster. Uh, how much of this do you think could possibly become a reality? If we're not careful, Sean, literally all of it. The thing we have wow. to do right now is make sure that we defend this nation. You, you wanted to give me a heart attack. You want to send me to my grave early by saying you want to. You, you, I thought we were friends. I thought you we, 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 we buddies. Are. I love you, Sean. But here's the truth. The truth is, if we don't do our jobs as members of Congress, if we don't do our jobs as citizens of this country, the future could be very, very, very bleak. The truth is that we are having. Uh, an opportunity. We have an opportunity here. The opportunity is to point out the fallacy, the hypocrisy, and the lies of the left. Think about what you just said. In the recent COVID relief package passed by the Democrats only, 1% went to vaccines, 9% went to COVID healthcare relief. In other words, the COVID relief package had nothing to do with COVID, barely. You think about the infrastructure package they're talking about, $2.5 trillion. What do we know? We know only 6% goes to roads. Think about the current fight over the Georgia law on elections. Lie after lie after lie. And then contrast that to H.R. 1, nationalizing the elections taking the control from state and giving it to the federal government, taking your, your money, Sean, and putting it into uh, Congresswoman, Congresswoman Omar's campaign fund, literally compelling we, the American people, to put money into the campaign funds of people we may disagree with. That, that is un-American. So when I say that, that there is a true threat to our democracy out there, I'm not kidding. It, it's something to be concerned about. We do have the ability to stop it from happening. It requires for us all, not just non-elected officials, the strength of America does not come from Washington. It comes from the households of good people who just want to raise their family and make sure their kids have a better future, a brighter future than they do. We have to be actively involved in this political struggle. We have to call our Congress members. We have to be willing to make sure our voices are heard and that we are seen to defend this nation and keep it as the city on a hill, the light in the midst of darkness. That is our job. It is our responsibility. And if we do it, I believe and declare that the best is yet to come for this nation. There is uh, a lot of talk about, and one of the things I thought was the best success of President Trump was his economic policies and securing the border and bringing manufacturing back and lower taxes and less bureaucracy. 
and it resulted in pre-COVID the lowest unemployment rates record shattered after record shattered for every demographic in this country african americans hispanic americans asian americans women in the workplace youth unemployment on uh, african american youth unemployment i to me that's the ladder to success if you believe that you know we are uh, rights are granted by god we we take our god-given talents in a free environment we bring them to fruition um, I see that there's a lot of talk that Herschel Walker may run for Senate in Georgia. I would like to see that. I'd love to support Herschel. Um, there is a woman that put out a video that blew me away yesterday. And uh, we actually have her on TV tonight. I think we're going to have her on the radio show tomorrow. Uh, Kathy Barnett, an African-American woman from Pennsylvania. Did you see that video? I, I have not seen it, but I've heard about it. And I've spoken to Herschel uh, just about 10 days ago. Uh, encouraging him to to take seriously this opportunity to be the difference in Georgia. Uh, There are other really powerful candidates, African-American, Republican, who are standing uh, in the well right now in Georgia, wanting to put their their names in the hat. I spoke with someone uh, just recently as well uh, in Georgia beyond Herschel Walker. There There are people of color who are excited about representing conservative values in this major debate that we're having about the future of this country. And to your point, uh, the young lady from Pennsylvania is, is an outstanding person. Uh, everything I hear about her is strong. I am looking forward to I'm going to. I'm glad you reminded me to watch the video today. I will do that. But we are, we are actually seeing a transformation of who votes for whom. That's uh, what I wanted President to t- Trump, touch on. Because I, if the Republican Party, to me, needs to be the party of working men and women and the party yeah. of minorities in America and the party of of job creation. And the next step for the Republican agenda has got to be school choice and it's got to be law and order and safety and security in our in our cities and towns. And if we do that, I think, it, you know, they let the Democrats be the party of coastal elites. I've got 15 seconds, sir. 100% right. Number one, you, you hit the nail on the head. We are heading in the right direction. 50% increase among African-American voters for President Trump. We saw almost 50% of Floridian Hispanics vote for President Trump. We saw an increase uh, in Nevada. Almost 48% of Latinos voted for President Trump. What we're seeing is that transformation you're talking about because the policy victories and the inclusive economy is undeniable, well. and they know it, and they liked it. It might be a day that um, the Republican Party comes calling for, oh, Senator Tim Scott. It's certainly not going to be Lindsey, and I'm going to tell him I said that. Um, Anyway, uh, we always love having you on. Senator Tim Scott, South Carolina, thank you so much for being with us and for all you do. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. So 60 minutes caught red-handed. We now know we had the, the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County on this program yesterday. And the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County said, no, there was no quid pro quo with Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, and Publix, just the opposite. We asked for a meeting with the governor. The governor graciously granted us the meeting so we can best distribute vaccines to seniors in Palm Beach County. Now, they're well over 75% vaccinated down there. And in that meeting, other leading Democrats, led by the mayor, I give him a lot of credit for saying this, and he's not the only one to stand up for Governor Ron DeSantis. You got a lot of Democrats now standing up and saying, uh, yeah, no, that didn't happen that way. Uh, No, you're kind of lying here. 
But anyway, and and I give him a lot of credit because the and Publix has donated to Democrats and Republicans. Now, the fact that the mayor of of Palm Beach County and other Democrats told 60 Minutes the truth and they purposefully kept that information from their viewers uh, added to the the distorted, edited, highly edited response that Governor DeSantis had given to CBS News for 60 Minutes. I think it actually meets the high bar of of New York Times v. Sullivan, which shows actual, real, intentional malice. Now, that would mean that they could be sued. That would mean that that lawsuit would probably have a better than average chance of, of, of winning. If I was Publix, and I'm just saying I happen to like Publix, you know, they never charged the state of Florida one cent for becoming a vaccine distribution center. They did it for the good of their customers and their community. The, the, the drug stores in Florida, same thing. And by the way, it's not just Florida. It's around the country. I, I don't want to. There's too many people to list that just stepped up and whatever was needed was given. But the Rite Aids, the CVSs, the Walgreens, they all did a great job. Now, in, in the case of Florida, the reason they didn't use those locations for seniors in Palm Beach County is because they had already, those drugstores had already been tasked with going to into older communities, bringing, bringing the vaccines to older people in these majority uh, elderly communities that exist all over Florida. So they had already been donating their time and efforts to the cause. And, pu- and it, was the, it was the mayor of Palm Beach County who said, you know what, I think Publix is the best place. Right, rather than setting it up in a parking lot somewhere, and and let's get public. I think Publix is my first choice. Governor says, "Okay, we'll go we'll go with your choice," and that's what happened. You know, when I say that journalism is dead, do you now understand? When, you know, after I did the hour long interview with Ted Koppel for I guess CBS Sunday Morning, and he edits it down to like a minute and seven seconds. I taped for an hour with this guy. We have long exchanges, given very specific explanations. Tried to be nice. And he takes the minute that makes him look the best, cuts off my answer, and puts that in the, in the package. You know, 60 Minutes came calling. They were calling every single person in my life that I knew. Apparently, Leslie Stahl at the White House interviewing Donald Trump. said, yeah, you're, you know Sean Hannity. Could you ask him to do 60 Minutes with us? after I'd been asked by 500 different other people that they've been trying to get me to do the interview with. Now, my answer is, sure, I'll do the 60 Minutes interview. Linda, you remember this. I do. I, I said, but it's got to be live to tape, no editing. That was the end of that request. And the reason is, is if, what they do is classic. Classic 60 Minutes, although more abusively biased than ever before, is you give them... They, they, they would sit through an entire three-hour radio show, maybe two. Then they'd watch at least one hour of Hannity, maybe, maybe two or three hours. Then I'd sit and I'd do a long interview for as long as I'm willing to sit there. They're going to have questions. And then they're going to not only edit it selectively, then they're going to build the narrative, whatever their story they want to be, around it. And I'm not putting up with that crap. I'm, I don't need their promotion. I don't care about their promotion. I've got my own TV show. Thank you very much. And radio show. Thank, by the way, thanks to all of you. But that's how they do it. 
And and no, 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 we'll, we'll do a really good panel. We want to just get your thoughts on the issues. No, you don't. You want me to look bad. And as long as it's going to take for you to make me look bad is as long as you're going to try and keep me in the chair. I don't know. I mean, it's unbelievable. Why is it they wouldn't agree to a live to tape interview? You want an hour? Air the hour. No editing. You want 20 minutes? I'll give you 20 minutes. No editing. I don't think it's, uh, is that an unreasonable request, Linda? I don't think so. Most of my shows are live. I think the problem right now is if they can't create the false narrative that they have to do nefariously, they're not going to do it at all. And that's essentially what we're dealing with right now. And we're seeing it everywhere. The sad part is most people don't even know where to look to find out the truth. You know, you look at what happened with 60 Minutes with DeSantis and Kerner, I mean, to his credit, I mean, that took a lot of courage to stand up not oh my based gosh, on I have party. so much respect for him after yesterday. Yeah, um, I do too. And, and you know why? He, I think I figured out why he did it. He's, he has a background in law enforcement. He's probably a rare moderate Democrat because they're, they're pretty much non-existent. It's an extinct category in the Democratic Party. The reason he did it is because he partnered with the governor, as many Democrats down in Florida did, for the good of the people of Florida. Florida was one of those states most at risk for coronavirus because the one thing they got right, the one thing is that this impacts the elderly far worse than anybody else. And people with pre-existing medical conditions, comorbidities, age was a, the biggest factor. And that's where Florida, you know, nearly half of all U.S. Uh, coronavirus infections now are in five states. As of today, New York, Michigan, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. I mean, it's unbelievable. And and New York's why didn't they do a segment on 60 Minutes on Andrew Cuomo? Did they ever do one on him? I, I don't know if they did, but I tend to doubt it. It's just they, they and I'll tell you the other factor in this is that if Donald Trump doesn't run in 2024, the name that is most mentioned, the names that are most mentioned start with DeSantis. Then you have names like Pompeo and let's see, Christy Nome, I think, is considering it. And there are maybe a few others, maybe Senator Tom Cotton. I don't know where other senators are on this. It's too early. I'm not even thinking about it. There's, there's no reason to think about 2024 until Republicans, they've got big Senate races to win in Georgia and in North Carolina and New Hampshire. I hope Sununu runs in New Hampshire and Arizona. These are all important races. Wisconsin, another important race. Ron Johnson, I hope he runs for re-election. Yeah, but none of these races matter, Sean, until they get all their election stuff squared away. That Listen, Georgia did the right thing. I, I would have even been a little bit different. I would have gotten rid of the lock, uh, the drop boxes. 100%. Um, for myself. But, you know, the, there's really two provisions they don't like. It's voter ID of any kind. They don't want voter ID and they don't want signature verification. Those are the two big, big obstacles towards their ability to cheat. 100%. You're 100% correct. And the thing that is the most frightening is that people are actually standing up and defending it and saying that it's okay. I'm like, what can you do without an ID? What can you do? All the major things you do in your life, you can't do it without an ID. Did you see me put the whole list on TV last night? I certainly did. And we mentioned it on the radio, and the list is long. I mean, there's so much you cannot do. Now, here's the other question. Meanwhile, MLB does a deal with China 
Uh, they, they, are they not paying attention to the human rights abuses that are happening all throughout China? By the way, has MLB looked at China's voting laws? Are they going to make the case that they're fair in China? No problems dealing, doing business there. Are they going to ask for the masters now to be boycotted? Is Joe going to go there? Is Joe going to boycott the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing? Which, by the way, I'm not a supporter of boycotts. I will tell you this, politicizing sports is just, it's just alienated me completely. I, you know, I, I watched some football, NFL football, towards the end of the year this year because I just needed a break. And I did enjoy the playoff games leading up to Brady winning a Super Bowl for Tampa Bay. I enjoyed a lot of those games. Uh, I did watch a lot of the basketball games, the, uh, you know, the March Madness games that just took place. And there were some amazing games in the lead up to the final. Final was not particularly close. The Baylor won. I love watching college sports. Still like college sports. I like college sports now more than professional sports. And that was never the case for me. I know for many of my friends, look, bottom line is, and I learned this when I lived in the South, is college sports are a religion. It's not in New York. I can tell you that. New York has two professional baseball teams. They have, you know, two professional basketball teams, two professional football teams. And pro pro sports tend to transcend college sports in New York and you don't really have many great college programs. St. John's and way back when did in basketball in the Lou Conasecker days, but that's been a long time now. All right, back to our busy phones as we continue. Uh, all right, let's go to Arizona. Chris, Sean Hannity show. What's up, Chris? How are you? Hi, Sean. I'm How are you? happy to talk to you. Thanks for uh, being such a strong person for leading our conservative country or back to conservative anyway we're trying our hardest you make it possible but don't underestimate your role in making all of this successful the only way my shows are successful is if you listen and watch the only way the country is successful is if everybody that understands freedom and liberty and what's at stake becomes a spoke in the wheel and we all unite and and we all get we're all hands on deck that's the only way we're going to stop this madness right so um the other day i was listening to your program and you were discussing the the green new deal and i have tons and tons of concerns about this number one the fact that the left is cramming this down our throat but they really have no plan whatsoever they're just saying live with it. You know, currently we're losing our freedoms to be independent as well as our way of life as we've grown to love it. Um, there's, there is no plan for these guys on how they want to do it to be successful, to keep us competitive, which concerns me greatly. Um, as we, as we move through and we see trying to see society move towards an all electric grid, well, we can see what our shortcomings are based on areas like California, Texas, and the Northeast. So one of the things that's kind of my high point here that I want to talk about is the fact that, yeah, they want us to, they want to cram wind and solar down our throats, but yet there's absolutely no discussion about LP gas, natural gas, compressed natural gas, hydrogen, and nuclear. 
all of which are clean energies, and all of them are in abundance. All they want to do is destroy the petroleum industry. And I don't understand if they cared about our country, why they would want to do that. Let me give you the short answer. You give me a lot to, to chew on here. Let me give you the short answer is everything involving green and I'm a all the above guy, but you can't escape one, one fundamental truth and reality is the lifeblood of the world's economy is oil and gas and coal. And yes, if we used nuclear, yeah, that would be a, a good option. Uh, all of these other technologies, I'm, I'm all for it. Go, go find the next source of free, affordable energy that will be the next lifeblood of the economy. I'm not against any of that being good stewards of the environment. I'm not against that either, but that's not what this is about. This is really about advancing their socialism under the guise of a green new deal. If you look at what the green new deal is, it's about socialism. It's about redistributionism. It's about statism, authoritarianism, and state control of industry, and they demonize Americans that work hard, play by the rules, corporations, anybody that makes a profit by providing goods and services that people want, need, and desire. That's where the attack is. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload in the final hour of the Sean Hannity Show. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Uh, so zero experience hunter doesn't remember drop, dropping off the laptops in Delaware. Then why did his lawyers, why did they show up at the at the at the store where they were dropped off. And we've, I've already interviewed, uh, uh, Mac Isaac. He's the one that turned these, these computers over to the FBI after he saw things, as he told me that, yeah, warranted the FBI be called. Why did the lawyers say we are, we're here to pick up Hunter Biden's laptop. He identified Hunter Biden. He identified his signature. Now Hunter, zero experience. Is, I don't, I'm not sure if I, I have no idea why. You know, I'm not, it could be. Maybe they're my mine. Um, I have been briefed on the contents by people that have actually seen them. And if it ever comes out, it'll be way more problematic for Joe Biden and Hunter Biden than anybody seems to understand yet. Do I think the Bidens know? Yeah, I do. Do I think that there's hope? That there might be a little bleach bit action happening somehow to these computers or they might absolutely disappear in the ocean somewhere. Yeah, I believe that's probably true, too. Hunter is still uh, still justifying payments that he got from Burisma, even though he had no experience in Ukraine, no experience in oil, gas or energy. And his dad was in charge of Ukrainian policy at the time, being the vice president of the United States. He also had the deal with the Kazakh oligarch, Kazakhstan oligarch, and the Russian oligarch, the first lady of Moscow, the $3.5 million wire transfer in that case. The Kazakh oligarchs transfer so that monies for a brand new car could be taken, an expensive one. The $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China. Anyway, so Hunter was on CBS this morning. He talks about a number of these issues. Listen. Looking back, did you make a mistake taking a spot on that board? No, I don't think I made a mistake in taking a spot on the board. I think I made a mistake in terms of underestimating the uh, 
the way in which it would be used against me. And but you must have seen the optics. Even back then, you must have... No, I mean, how could you not have foreseen that this was going to look bad? Because I really didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm being as honest with you as I possibly can. All I know is that not one investigative body, not one serious journalist has ever accused, or has ever come to the conclusion that I did anything wrong or that my father did anything wrong. It does not specifically talk about your laptop. Yeah. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's... Is, this I is really a, don't know okay. the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that there was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. And you, you didn't drop off a laptop to no. be repaired no. in Delaware? Not no. that I remember at all, at all. So we'll see. The implication all through the campaign was that your efforts had somehow benefited your father financially. Have you ever given your father money from any of your no. business ventures? No. Nothing? Nothing, ever. Not a nickel? Not a nickel. Directly or indirectly? Directly or indirectly. Not a nickel ever, 100%. No. Never. It's a uh, concern that I would hurt myself or do something. Hallie, your, your brother's widow threw the gun away. She was trying to protect you? Uh, I think she, yes, yeah. I think she was just concerned about me. Why I think did you have a concerned. gun? Well, I did, again, you know, the period of my life that um, was difficult. It was, um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Hallie's intent was to, to make certain that I didn't do anything to hurt myself. According to the reporting, at one point, the Secret Service went looking for the record of sale. Do you know anything about that? Nothing. No. No. No idea. Did somebody report the loss of the gun? Oh, yeah. They, they, they had, um, at, in the moment, uh, you know, we knew that the gun was lost, that, that uh, Hallie had thrown it into a trash can, and I told her, that oh, you can't do that, um, right. when I realized that it was gone. And so she went back, and, and they, the police came to help retrieve the gun, which was retrieved. Someone had gone through the trash and picked it up, and they found it within hours, I believe. And so... That was the end of the story. But you know about the Secret Service being involved? No, I had no idea. I don't know whether the Secret Service were or why they would be. Or I... Now, here is the computer repair shop owner that I interviewed, Isaac Mack. October 13th, uh, the day before the uh, New York Post uh, broke the story, uh, I did get a call from an attorney representing Hunter uh, wanting to see if I still was in possession of the equipment. He made reference that Hunter was in sometime in 2017 and dropped it off. So... I, uh, okay, I and asked for his contact information, and he yeah, sent me ahead. an email. All right, joining us now, uh, John Solomon, editor-in-chief of JustTheNews.com, and also Greg Jarrett, uh, host of the podcast, The Brief. And uh, by the way, I read both your columns on this. Hunter Biden cements his notoriety as the king of cons. Greg Jarrett. Yeah, I, I wrote that in the pantheon of scammers, swindlers, and scoundrels, Hunter Biden is a rock star. I mean, he's an accomplished grifter, a shameless hustler, who has made millions of dollars by peddling influence, leveraging his father's position and power in U.S. government. Um, and, you know, you and I have often talked, well, is there evidence of criminality? Absolutely. It's a felony for a public official to confer a benefit to a foreign government in exchange for something of value. I mean, Biden conferred a billion dollars in financial assistance to Ukraine, 
and his son was receiving, uh, you know, upwards of about uh, $85,000 a month from Burisma, all told uh, $4 million. That doesn't even touch on the, you know, the China scam, which is evidenced on the uh, the laptop, which is clearly Hunter Biden's. And, you know, the veracity of that stuff was confirmed by you. It's been confirmed by Fox News, by Tony Bobolinsky, who was recruited on the deal. He identifies Joe Biden as the big guy who stands to make a load of cash. Uh, your take at where this is now, John Solomon, because, uh, you know, I, I, I've lost faith. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think we all three have lost faith. I, we, we all know what was in the inspector general's report, Michael Horowitz's report. We know that there was actions, legal actions and referrals that should have should have been followed up on and they weren't. Um, I think all of us now are sick and tired of waiting for the so-called Durham report. If we ever get a report or ever get indictments, who God only knows at this point. So my faith in the system um, is long gone, to be very frank, John Solomon. And, you know, if you spit on the sidewalk or you're caught for jaywalking or you lie to Congress, you're going to have 29 guys in tactical gear and frogmen and CNN cameras for a pre-dawn raid with guns in your face but only if you're a Republican. Yeah, listen, I mean, and, and just look at the treatment Hunter Biden even got on the media. People were not versant enough to actually confront him when he did his I don't remember routine. And I think that that's uh, terrible. But listen, if I'm Hunter Biden and my primary business partner, while my dad was in office last, was a guy named Devin Archer, who was arrested while I was working with him and convicted as a felon, I might want to forget that. If my primary contact, one of my primary contacts in China was a guy named Patrick Ho, who was arrested while I was working with him and convicted of being, and now is a felon in America, I might want to forget that. If my primary boss in Ukraine uh, was a guy named uh, uh, Zolchevsky, who was an oligarch that my dad's administration, the Obama-Biden administration, considered to be corrupt, I might want to forget that, too. His amnesia, his lack of recollection, probably is from the embarrassment of the people he chose to associate with as a businessman as he was shaking everybody down. We had a big story this week. He was actually meeting with the representatives of an indicted oligarch, an oligarch that his father's administration indicted. A guy named Dmitry Fertash. He was actually entertaining the idea of going to his father's administration and trying to get that oligarch out of the criminal charges. This is why his father's State Department, not, not long before Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump, anyone made an issue of Hunter Biden, the Obama-Biden State Department saw Hunter Biden as undercutting America's anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. That's why he likes to forget everything he did. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with John Solomon, Greg Jarrett. Uh, so uh, guess what arrived at my house today, Linda? Ooh, my, what'd you get? My all-new, newly designed 2021 Hustler Turf Raptor mower. Although, I've oh, got to be honest. Are we getting I, a video? I, no, I don't have the video. Now, <laughs> i got to be honest. I got to drive their commercial grade. This, this is for professional landscapers. I drove this lawnmower today that literally would cut an entire football field in eight minutes. And what? when I say this sucker flies, I mean it is fun to drive the most comfort. Now, if you just compare Hustler to any other brand out there, there is there's no comparison. It is the best deal on the market by far, whether you just own your own property or you're a professional landscaper, you're going to want a Hustler. Now, you have yours. I know you like yours. I have I do. a I love version it. of yours, and I have the new advanced version of yours. Uh, That's good because I I don't want that one. I would hurt somebody going that fast. Oh my gosh, you can't! It's like it's 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 so fun to drive. 
And it's actually it's so a really good looking maneuver. machine too. It's a really nice, sleek machine. It's a sleek, and it's it, and even the residential motors. It's built, you know, the steel welded decks. I mean, it is built yeah, to it's last sturdy. with Kawasaki engines. It's unbelievable. Now, I the agree. best thing you can do is I actually talked to one of their dealers that came over to my house with it. And if you go to hustlerturf.com, you're going to see the difference immediately. I, I I even urge you to look at other mowers, mowers, and you'll just immediately say, this is nothing compared to the Hustler, and then drive it. I am telling you, it is fun to drive. I felt like a kid on, we used to build our motorbikes. I felt like I was on my old motorbike days, except a lot more comfortable and a lot more fun and a lot better uh, built than anything I ever drove. Anyway, and now your lawn looks great. Oh my gosh, the best cut ever. Very little need for maintenance. I mean, this thing is self-contained like nothing you've ever seen. Anyway, professional, residential, they got it all. Hustlerturf.com. Find the dealer near you and you will see the Hustler difference. Come on, man. It's taken me 47 years to perfect doing nothing. I had to become president to show you I could do that better than anybody. Joe Biden, the most dangerous man in America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. Jarrett, John Solomon. Uh, okay, so now I think all three of us independently with our own sources have been briefed on the laptop. Is, is that a fair statement, John Solomon, Greg Jarrett? Yeah. Have you both been briefed on the contents of that laptop? Yes, I have. And, you know, it's... And by the uh, way, we, we're all in the pr- press. We're all members of the press. We still have supposedly a free press. None of us would ever reveal sources. I'm not revealing. I have not one, but I have multiple sources that have confirmed and corroborated the exact same thing that they know exists on that laptop. Yeah, the evidence on the laptop is very incriminating. It's unquestionably, you know, Hunter Biden's emails. And, you know, those he is being protected. And, you know, he's almost gleeful about it, which is why he's now coming out. Uh, and talking to the press to perpetrate another con job. This one is, you know, buy my book. Um, Apparently he's already made two million bucks in an advance from Simon & Schuster, the publishing company. Um, Not bad for a guy that used to, you know, scour carpets in uh, hotel rooms, scouring for little pieces of crack and probably smoke more Parmesan cheese than uh, anybody else in America. Yeah, and he, he boasted about how now he's going to get away with it scot-free. He, you know, he said that a Biden loss of the presidency would be a threat to his personal freedom. Here's a quote. If Dad had not won, I'm certain I would have uh, been pursued criminally. Uh, in other words, uh, if Trump had won re-election, Hunter Biden would have been held to account under the criminal law. He would have been indicted and prosecuted and likely convicted. But, you know, the fix is in. John Solomon, you've been briefed by people that have actually seen the laptop? 
Well, I've done more than that. I've actually obtained uh, uh, emails off the laptop, and then I did the next thing. I went to the people who sent the emails and said, is this your email? Is this an authentic email? And on at least seven occasions, because the only time I've reported something off the laptop is when someone else confirmed its authenticity, who was an eyewitness to it, a sender, a recipient, a CC on it. Every time I've had a document that came off that laptop, I have found someone who said, yep, that's an authentic email. I remember sending it. I have a copy of that. Here's my copy of it. Yeah, the information on there is that. Remember what the Odeon What about pictures and videos, John? I'm aware of what's on there. I've never looked at it, but I'm told that there are some very disturbing... I've never uh, looked at it either, but I've been briefed about the um, nature of them. Let's put it that way. Uh, Wouldn't that get any other American uh, handcuffed and likely convicted pretty quickly? If, as described, if that content exists, yes, there would be a significant investigation of child endangerment and other activities. Remember what the uh, Senate report publicly disclosed about financial records, that there were transactions with women overseas that are known to have been involved in human trafficking. That's a conclusion of the Senate who got bank records separate of uh, uh, Hunter Biden's own laptop. Bank records showed an affiliation with women that were believed to be involved in human trafficking. Uh, Hunter Biden, if he does not get charged, will have been able to con one more time and get out of trouble one more time, despite all the things that if we threw a gun out and it showed up near a school, we'd be in handcuffs, right? He continues to walk away from every disaster of his behavior with no consequence. Greg Jarrett? Well, John Solomon's absolutely right, and you and he both have been on top of this, reporting the contents of uh, of what's in the laptop. Uh, you know, it's it's so. Amazing by the way, it's so sen- It's of such a sensitive nature. Let me see if I can put this in the right way. You're a lawyer. Um, that I am not allowed to legally take possession of it, or I could be in trouble. Well, he's he is evading. Uh, the law and doing so uh, purposefully. Um, and, you know, I, I, Merrick Garland is the new attorney general of the United States. He said he'd keep his hands off of uh, the Hunter Biden investigation conducted by at least one, probably more U.S. attorneys. I, I, I don't believe it. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, you know, just look at Hunter Biden's statements this week. You know, he knows that he won't be prosecuted because his dad's Department of Justice is in charge of the investigation. You know, and, I, and I, I think all of this now comes into play here. But the reality is there are numerous there are numerous people that we all know that have copies of what was on the laptop. We know that the FBI was given the laptop. And I guess what I'm having a hard time understanding is why nothing else has happened. We have less than a minute, John. It's the same reason why it's taken three years to get justice in the Russia case. Now, you know, the difference is in the John Durham case, there was activity going on now that I can detect as a reporter. I can't detect any activity in the Delaware case involving Hunter Biden. Amazing. All right. John Solomon, Greg Jarrett, thank you both. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, quick break right back. Uh, There's so much happening out there. We got the borders happening. We're going to have all this coverage tonight. You see the disaster that is these these blue states, the massive bailout money and still four billion dollars in tax increases in New York. You see where covid is the worst. Yeah. In all of these big blue states that, oh, they have the great PowerPoint providers like, oh, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, a lot of good that did. Um, Joe Biden, what his team is now doing, what Republicans must do to fight back. There's so much in the news, so much happening. This MLB disaster. 
I'm waiting for Joe to announce that, no, the U.S. will not be participating in the 2022 Beijing Olympics because of the human rights violations and their their atrocious voting record. I'm, I'm waiting for the 200 companies that attacked the state of Georgia uh, for them to say publicly that they're not going to support the winter 2022 Beijing Olympics. Let's see what happens with all of that. I'm not calling for any of this. I don't I don't call for boycotts. I can tell you, though, that it is amazing when you actually get to truth and you get to facts. You find out some amazing things. The Georgia voting law is far more inclusive and less restrictive than Joe Biden's home state or Chucky Schumer's home state or any of the states that we're talking about. It's more less restrictive than Colorado, ironically. And they just rip it away. Everybody jumps on board the the PC woke cancel culture train and disaster ensues unfairly targeting innocent people in the great state of Georgia. Great job, Stacey Abrams. Great job, Joe Biden. You're now going to go after the Masters. You're going to go after the Olympics. What do you what's next, Joe? Are you going to apply these standards equally? Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, you want to be a part of the program. Linda is in California, the United Socialist Utopia comrade. Linda, how are you? Welcome to the program. Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure. You know, I want to get well, thank you. No, okay? thank you so much. I'm glad you called. And I love you, Sean. I love your show. I love you back. Love thank you. <laughs> I want to talk about this Georgia voting law. I think, and, and what they're considering something that's racist against African Americans. Being an African American myself, I constantly feel insulted by what's going on. Everything is racist, and it's driving us crazy. And I have to tell you, you know. <laughs> I'm totally insulted. I don't know what else to say. And also I want to know where are the hordes of African-American people who are screaming and yelling how racist this bill is against us? Sean, why do we have this groups of white liberals telling us that this is racist? Once again, that's racism itself, because what are they saying? We're too stupid to know whether or not if some racism is being perpetrated against us. We're too stupid to get an ID. But, but that's racist, Sean. That's racist to assume that about African-Americans. And it just breaks my heart. And it makes me so upset. I'm totally insulted. I, 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 I just don't understand. This really comes down to, from my perspective, Linda, that they don't want any voter ID laws whatsoever. That, to me, is the big prize here. They don't Absolutely. want any signature verification. Because at that point, now you've got an ability to, to cross-check, which, by the way, only adds integrity to the to the and confidence to the outcome of an election. Well, I don't know what's so bad about that. All of the things that people are saying this bill does, it does not do, but they do do it in states like Delaware and New York and Colorado. They're far more restrictive. And it's frustrating to me. And, and I can only conclude is that there are people with agendas that do not want integrity in the system. And I can only determine that they they have nefarious motives behind them, though they will lash out and say, that's not true. And, yeah, the cry of racism and invoking Jim Crow twice as as Joe Biden has is is beyond uh, divisive. And it's untrue and it's unfair. And if he's so concerned about voting laws, why all those years that he was empowered, didn't he do a thing or lift a finger to change Delaware's voting laws? Because it's an agenda, just like you say, Sean. And I have to tell you. Thank you so much on your show. When I listen to you, you talk about how devastating H.R. 1 would be to us. This is Democrats would be in power in perpetuity. We would never, ever have Republicans in any seats as long as Democrats have their way. If H.R. 1 gets passed, we're in trouble, Sean. This country is in so much trouble. 
So thank you for always highlighting that and letting us know. People need to understand that. This bill cannot pass. That we cannot allow this H.R. 1 to go through. So whatever the Republicans on the Hill need to do, they need to fight this with everything that they have. And you always highlight, and I appreciate you highlighting this all the time. Well, listen, it's going to be all hands on deck, and it's going to take all of us, including you, uh, Linda, to make this happen. That's the bottom, bottom, bottom line. And if everybody does their part, I am confident that we'll get to where we need to go. Okay, so I'm glad you called. You should run for office. Uh, Mike is in Ohio. Mike, how are you? Glad you called. I'm fine. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. What's on your mind today? Well, I'm like you. I oppose boycotts of anything. Uh, However, with the Coke-Pepsi thing, I, I think it would be nice if we had a national buy Pepsi day. Now, I know absolutely nothing about marketing. Maybe somebody in uh, in the resources at the Pepsi Corporation can have a national buy Pepsi day. It should be like a day to remember, like uh, income tax day, which is a little over a week from now. But I think if just the millions of people who voted for Trump, and there are plenty of us, all we need is somebody to pick a day and go to a market, whether it's a supermarket or your local convenience store and buy a six-pack or a case of Pepsi. I think that multiplied by all the millions of people that voted for Trump, we would sell out the Pepsi in the stores. Listen, and, uh, I, 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 I could just tell you how I react without being a supporter of boycotts. I, I just, I, my interest in the NFL has waned dramatically because of the introduction of politics into sports. I don't like it. I don't think it ends well for players. I don't think it ends well. Uh, I look at sports as something that transcends everything, that actually brings Americans of all backgrounds together, because if you look at the, the players on the field, you look at the people in the stand, they have one common love and passion, and that's whatever team they're cheering for. And it brings people together naturally. And it's fun. And we're not talking about the, the serious issues in life that, are, that we all need to pay attention to, but occasionally we need a break from. And that's what I love about sports. I, I've been watching a lot of the Sweet 16, and there's been some amazing, amazing college basketball games in the last couple of weeks that I've watched. And I'm like, wow, I'm on the edge of my seat, loving every minute of it. And it's just unfortunate. So you know, what, what does this do to me? It, does it mean that I'm going to call for a boycott? No. Is my interest in, in baseball, you know, am I shaking my head saying I'm sick of this? Yeah, I am. Uh, am I sick of it with football too? I, I am. It doesn't mean I, I've had discussions with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and I liked his approach to when the whole Kaepernick thing started. He said to any player on his team that if there's a cause that is near and dear to your heart, that has to do with our hometown, our fans, our city, uh, that that you want to be a part of, I'll match you dollar for dollar. I mean, which I thought was awesome. And then he actually went out at, at different times with players and part, was participating and, and actually doing a lot of good for kids in the community. So well, I, think there, I, I think if the players would enlist their fans to help with causes that are near and dear to their heart, the fans would generously open up their wallets to help. There's a better way than to do this than to anger and divide and insult, you know, portions of a population that what they did in Georgia was not based on any real knowledge, facts or truth. And Joe Biden played the race card 
And everybody went for it without knowing anything about what the law said, what was in the law, what wasn't in the law, what Delaware's law was, or what even Colorado's law is, or New York's law, where MLB is headquarters law is. So it's just, you know, and where does, and meanwhile, what? The MLB signs a deal with China? The MLB, you know, all these companies, are they going to sponsor the Beijing Olympics? The hypocrisy reeks. I, I would like to see, I don't mind players being political, but if it's cause-related, I think they do a much better job of, of enlisting fans to help them instead of, oh, we're not, we're not coming out of the locker room for the, for the national anthem, or I'm going to take a knee. You know, okay, it's it, it just all you're doing is bringing politics into sports. I don't think that ends well. My take on it. But a lot of that has to do with the owners. All the owners had to do was say to their group, we expect you to stand at attention when a national anthem is sung. If you don't, you won't play that game, and you'll be docked a week's salary. And you know what the end result not- is? If people naturally, without any organized effort, or maybe it is an organized effort, it won't be organized by me because I don't support them, because I think it's an effort to silence, and ultimately that silencing will be and canceling will be of conservative voices. But I, I, I think the natural result of this is if people get disgusted, less interested, uh, are tired of, of politics and sports, as I suspect many will be, I think you'll see less attendance. I think you'll see leagues begin to atrophy financially. And I think then, you know, who's going to get hurt? The players are going to get hurt next. The owners are going to get hurt. And maybe franchises will be go away and, and the whole thing begins to collapse. Well, I mean, the- the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, that's a big hit to the economy, and it had nothing to do with the, the good people of Georgia. They're, they're just getting screwed. Totally, so. and unfairly so, as are the Republicans in Georgia. Anyway, appreciate the call, Mike. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN, the United Socialist Utopia known as New York, Crystal. Comrade Crystal, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for calling. How could you so, live in New um, York and sound so nice? Go ahead. Uh, it, it's a it's a chore, I'll tell you. I heard a caller yesterday. Um, she had said her father was in the hospital, you know, passing away, and you know she couldn't go in and see him. I, I actually work. I work in a hospital. Um, I think a lot of the healthcare heroes that we've put on pedestals aren't telling the full truth because, truthfully, like we're dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Um, personally, I think that shutting out the visitors does more harm. Um, you know, if masks are effective, there's no reason you can't go into a room with your loved one. Um, yeah, I, I, I know in the case of, for example, the COVID ICU units, and I know people that have worked in them and, and this is at a point where people, first of all, it's devastating to see a loved one on a ventilator. You know what it's like. You've seen it. I've seen it. It's not pretty. It's never going to be, but they're doing a much better job of, of saving people that early on they were not saving. They've learned a lot, prone positioning and all this. Don't ask me. I'm not an expert, but I know a lot more than I care to admit. And when, well, they, when you don't get, seeing a loved one can help encourage somebody and psychologically can give them the lift to just keep on fighting that, that extra period of time needed to maybe get them over the hump. Absolutely. And I, you know, look at nursing homes. I mean, Andrew Cuomo, you know, shut out visitors. We all know that nursing home abuse exists. And, you know, when you have families going in to visit their loved ones, you know, they can kind of keep an eye on the patient care, you know, how their loved ones being treated. And now you've gotten rid of that the last 13 months. So truthfully, I kind of think that people just need to start asking questions like, you know, I'm wearing a mask. I'm, you know, I'm with my loved one. Like, why can't I visit them? Um, yeah, short, short of maybe a COVID war, 
ward of yeah. a, or an intensive care one when yeah. once once the COVID aspect of whatever remaining health issues remain when they're being dealt with and they're in a regular ICU I know that most hospitals have opened up to it but I mean there's been so many families that their loved ones were in a nursing home or in a hospital you know they, yeah. they, they, they they're on their deathbed and they still are not letting family members say goodbye to their loved ones it's terrible yeah and, which I think is a huge issue and it's it's really stepping on people's rights I mean you know, we were told, you know, this is only going to last two weeks. Wear a mask if you can't social distance. And now it's gotten into the point of, you know, where you see people in their, their vehicles by themselves wearing a mask. And then, you know, they come after people that aren't wearing masks. And, you know, it's just gotten out of control. I mean, there was a video of a family. Uh, one had a little autistic boy and a two-year-old that was eating. They were kicked off a plane. Um, no, I actually interviewed one of those families. That I mean, how do yeah. you get a mask on a two-year-old for, for a three-hour flight? I mean... Well, and that's, you know, that's the other thing, too. You know, people, you know, breathing issues used to be taken seriously. If you had asthma, if you had COPD, like, you, you know, to cut off your oxygen supply, you know, by covering your face, it, it's very difficult for people. And, you know, now we've violated HIPAA and PHI and, you know, the hospitals. I feel like, you know, they've learned a lot. Now it's time to kind of, you know, start letting people in and, you know, just treating people with a little bit of dignity. I mean, you know, seeing your your loved one, you know, is good for you, good for them, you know. People no, I think you're raising important questions. I, I think moving forward now with the vaccine, I, I think in a month from now, things are going to look very differently in a, in a positive direction. But I think, you know, you, you've raised points. People have suffered way more than we even know now. And you're highlighting that. Thanks for a good call, Crystal. Appreciate it. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We'll go through this whole issue of Joe Biden on the issue of race. Dr. Ben Carson, Leo 2.0 Terrell, uh, also a candidate running for Senate in Pennsylvania, African-American woman. Her video has gone viral. It's phenomenal. We'll show you part of that tonight. Our investigative reporters down at the border wall, uh, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, Dana Lash, Larry Elder tonight. And remember, we had that California police chase last night. Yeah, the hero truck driver who stopped the car and saved the day will join us. 9 Eastern, Satan DVR, news you won't get from the mob, Hannity, Fox News. See you then. As always, thank you for being with us. We'll be back here tomorrow.